Happy Monday, everybody. Good morning to you. It's the start of the new week. It's the end of the book of Acts for us. We uh, go verse by verse through the Word of God on uh, 10 with 10, which is where you are, what this is, every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock. Uh, we go verse by verse. We've been going through the book of Acts, and today we're finishing it up. Um, I have really enjoyed this with you. I feel like I have gone deeper and got just a better grasp on Paul's missionary journeys, but also just the book of Acts. And again, I studied this in seminary, but but doing it slowly day by day with you has been really, really healthy for me. So let's finish things up. Let's jump right in. Um, Acts chapter 28, verse 17, three days after Paul's arrival, he calls together the local Jewish leaders. Um, first thing Paul does when he gets to Rome, uh, if you notice, is he He's with the believers. Uh, before he calls the Jewish leaders, he is encouraged and strengthened by the fellowship of Christian believers. You ever been in that situation where you're just starving for Christian fellowship and you know it was good for Paul to be with the Christians? Uh, I, I point this out because I want you to realize that the Christians have already been in Rome. There's a church there. And we know this because we have Paul's letter to the Romans. Um, before Paul ever gets to Rome, there are Christians there. So keep that in mind as we move forward. So Paul calls the Jewish leaders together in verse 17. Um, the Jews weren't very well integrated in Rome. It sounds like there were multiple synagogues. Uh, and so at this point, uh, when it says the Jewish leaders, it could be that he's got this the leader from each synagogue or something like that in this initial meeting. And he sort of goes through his little introduction to them. Uh, he explains that he is here because of some accusations from the Jewish people that are false accusations. And he says, you know, I just believe in the hope of Israel and that's why I'm here in these chains. Uh, and then they reply, and I think this is important. Verse 21, they say, well, we haven't heard of you. We haven't received any letters, any reports from Judea against you or anybody who's come here. Uh, we'd love to hear a little bit more about this. Uh, all, the only thing we know about the Christians is that nobody likes them anywhere. And that's how they respond. Okay, I have questions. First off, you know, the first time I read this, I'm like, okay, great. Paul's got to be thrilled because they haven't heard of him. Like everywhere he goes, the Jews have already gotten like, you know, texts and emails, <laughs> you know, warning them that Paul's a bad guy. Look out for Paul. He's a bad guy. He's teaching against the Torah. He's teaching against the temple. You know, he's causing trouble. You know, so everywhere he goes, his enemies have already gotten there before him. So in some ways, it's like, whoo, okay, good. You know, I, I don't have to start, you know, with people already having preconceived ideas. But then I start thinking about this and like, I don't buy that. I just don't believe that. It's not that I don't believe that they haven't heard of Paul. Uh, it's possible that they, that they don't know anything about him. Uh, it's possible that because it's been winter and the winter weather, we know Paul had a really hard time getting to Rome. So maybe, you know, those Asian Jews, you know, couldn't get ahead of him. They had trouble too. So nobody's been able to get a report or a message to Rome. That's possible. So it's possible they haven't heard of Paul. But this whole idea of, you know, the only thing we've heard about this movement is that, you know, the causes, you know, no, nobody likes them anywhere. Okay, I don't buy that. Because as I said, there are Christians in Rome. And all of a sudden you got the Jewish leaders saying, like, yeah, we've, you know, we've, gosh, I think we've heard of, we've heard of Christians. We've seen some things on social media, you know. Maybe I think I saw a special on Nightline one night, you know, on television, but 
other than that, I'm not real familiar. We'd like to hear what you got to say, as a matter of fact, because, you know, we don't know a whole lot about it. Okay, I don't buy that. I just don't buy that. There are Christians in Rome. We also know that like 10 years before this, before Paul gets to Rome, about 10 years before, there's what's called the Edict of Claudius. It's a famous document, and we've already seen it uh, play out in the, in the book of Acts where uh, Claudius had, uh, had put all the Jews out of Rome because of disputes in the synagogue over the Christians, over Jesus, you know? So the message of Christ has already been in Rome for like uh, over 10 years. It split the synagogues. It blew wide open so much so that they kicked all the Jews out of, uh, out of Rome. And so don't you come in here and tell me you haven't heard anything about this. You, you know, I, I, I just don't buy that. And again, I, who am I, right? Uh, Tim with Tim is a, this, you know, is not, I'm not anybody, but I don't buy that. It's just my opinion. I don't buy that. Um, I think that maybe for whatever reason, they are just purposefully distancing themselves. They don't want a whole lot to do with Paul. They don't want anything to do with with, with this trial, Paul going to Caesar. Uh, again, all the Jews got kicked out of Rome 10 years ago. So, you know, their relationship, their freedom to be in the city at all is always sort of tenuous. And so I just think they, they don't want anything to do with this mess and so they're just sort of bowing out. But Paul doesn't care. You know, all Paul knows is, man, here's an opportunity to share the gospel with the Jews. And so there's a, uh, another, you know, meeting set. And this time, man, there's a, a big group. They come to Paul's apartment, which is funny. Paul's renting this little apartment now in Rome. Uh, got a full-time, you know, bodyguard with them because they don't have those little ankle bracelets yet. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. They don't have, you know, he's basically under house arrest, home incarceration, so that he doesn't disappear. Uh, but there's no bracelet. So, so then said they fastened a Roman soldier to his ankle at all times, you know, so, which is kind of funny. Um, so the whole time, Paul is still just preaching. And so the Jews come and Paul spends all day long just doing this Bible study with them, you know, taking the Old Testament and the books of the prophets and pointing out you know, who Jesus is, the hope of Israel and all of this. And at the end of that, what's more, it just divides them. Some people are persuaded, they believe. Uh, it, it, it doesn't talk really about, I don't know, if it, they're persuaded. I don't know if that means they make a commitment to Christ or if they just um, are, are, are open to the, it's, it's just hard to know, but the bottom line is some believe, some don't believe, but, but the final conclusion is as a whole that the Jews just turn away. And so these final words from Paul are actually quotation from the book of Isaiah, which we're about to start from the book of Isaiah that just says, you know, go and tell these people, man, you hear, but you don't hear and you see, but you don't see and your, your hearts are hard, you know? And these words from Paul, these words from the Old Testament, these words from God himself are uh, an incredible indictment against the Jewish people who refuse to hear and, and receive. So I want you to know that this salvation from God has also been offered to the Gentiles and they're going for it. They're going to accept it. You know, it's this amazing word from Paul that that the stone that the builders reject, you know, the stone that the that the Jews stumble over is, is going to be the salvation of the world, the salvation of the Gentiles, and you're about to get left out of it. Uh, it's, it's a devastating kind of indictment, but notice for Paul, I mean, he's quoting the Old Testament, there's nothing new about this. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Luke concludes the book. 
Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, some people say, okay, there it is. Paul's done now, you know, but yeah, he's, he frequently, you know, has this kind of word for the Jews, but it doesn't, I don't think it means he quits preaching the gospel to the Jews. It's always to the Jews first, but when they don't listen, he goes straight to the Gentiles. But I don't ever think Paul stops preaching, stops holding the door open for the Jews, but the Jews won't come in. And that's uh, Paul's great heartbreak. So verse 30, next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. Like, I don't know how he lives at his own expense. Somebody must be funding, helping, supporting him. I, I don't know. He's paying his own rent, paying his own apartment. He welcomed everybody who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God, teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, and no one tried to stop him. The, uh, the Greek there at the end of Luke uses the phrase, he preaches without hindrance. Uh, no one tried to stop him is the living translation. It's not great. Uh, because that without hindrance is a, is a quasi-legal term, which really is saying that uh, the Romans obviously saw nothing subversive about Paul's activity. So they didn't put any, any sort of you know, limits, per se, on who could come, who could go. And they never said that Paul shouldn't continue doing what Paul was doing or saying what he was saying. And so for that reason... Uh, as I've been saying all along, I, th I think this is some sort of document for Paul's trial because that's where the book leaves us. It sounds to me like Luke writes all the way up to where they are, and then this is where they stop. I, I guess that's what I think. I, I don't know. No nobody knows for sure. But if that's true, that would make the book of Acts, you know, you know, that would put the book of Acts even before the book, the gospel of Mark. You know, it just puts, him, puts it way early, probably, in, in the New Testament canon, in, in, in canonical history. So, so I don't know. But you got to explain somehow why Luke just stops. I mean, just leaves us hanging. You know, some people say, well, obviously he was going to write volume three. He wrote the Gospel of Luke, and then he writes, you know, the book of Acts, and probably he's going to come back and write, you know, write the rest of the story. So he just kind of leaves it where he leaves it. I, I, that's possible. I, you know, I, I don't know that. Others say, well, it didn't end well. You know, Paul must have died. You know, you know, Caesar puts him to death. Paul is martyred. And, and for that reason, Luke didn't want to bring that up because he worked so hard to make the Romans look good. And then if they kill Paul, that ruins the story. I don't fall for that at all. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, I think if Paul were a martyr, uh, Luke would have made that the ending to the story. I mean, look how he treats Stephen's martyrdom. So I think if if it ended, if this ends with Paul's death, Luke would have certainly not skipped that part of the story. Others say that when he says, okay, say there are two years, that Luke is just referring to the statute of limitations, that that if you're in Rome waiting for trial with Caesar and you don't see him for two years, they just release you. You know, you're just done. The, the case is dismissed and you're free. I guess that's possible. But I think Luke would have said that too, if that's what Luke wanted to say. I just kind of feel like this is where the story ends. That's where he writes it right up to today for for Luke and then uh, awaits. He probably would have come back and written volume three. I don't know. Nobody knows. But the book of Acts just ends with this cliffhanger. This is Paul. He got to where he was going. The gospel reaches Rome. And at the end of it, Paul is preaching without hindrance, boldly and without hindrance. So Maybe the point of that whole thing is that it's not Paul's story at all. Maybe it's the gospel. Maybe it's the story of the gospel. And at this point, the gospel is being preached boldly without hindrance. And, and maybe that's all Luke wanted to say. I don't know.
But that's the end of the book of Acts. And we did it and we reached it. And I loved it. I've loved this with you. Uh, what a blessing. So tomorrow, uh, 10 o'clock, we will start the book of Isaiah together. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 31. whole chapter for tomorrow, the book of Isaiah. We'll start it. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. It's all good, right? It's the Word of God. There's nothing better. It is food for our souls. It is bread for the journey. And uh, I am so happy that we get to uh, dine together, feasting on the Word of God every single day. It's Monday, my day off. Speaking of dining, I will be heading to Myers in a little bit, so we get to eat this week. Uh, it's my day off. But anyway, I love you so much. Thank you for uh, this time in the book of Acts. I'm looking forward to the book of Isaiah. We'll see you in the morning, and we'll start at chapter 1 at 10 o'clock, Lord willing, for 10 with 10. I love you guys. Have a great day.